0: Bad Batch better than Mandalorian? Find out on the 5 o'clock news.
1: I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Good no
2: Rebellion's built on hope.
1: You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star, all about the wars in the stars. I'm your rogue leader, electrifying force sensitive, native to Niamos, Thomas Carter, Rochester, and I'm joined by the greatest minds the rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Hoth, the Klein Felt. Thomas,
0: can you hear that? Can you hear that? She's purring like a nuzzle shrew.
1: (laughs) Uh, Scare of native and Anakin's favorite Padawan, Jack, son, pew, 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 pew can i
2: start getting introduced before klein because i just don't know how to follow him up sometimes <laughs> like sometimes it's because it's too good and other times it's because i just coming in what? as we we're coming in i was like
0: oh shit! i wrote something down like i need i pulled it up on my phone <laughs> like oh my the god. line from mando yesterday she's
1: burned <laughs> like a nuzzle shrew you hear that Mando? <laughs> oh my god on today's show we're going to cover the latest which is like a smorgasbord of news in the rebel report We're going to touch on the Bad Batch, and we're going to decide if it's better than the Mandalorians episode this week. But hey, guess what? The minds of Mandalore and the Mandalorian delivered. We've reached our goal. And now, what the frack are we going to do? We'll find out. But before all of that, let's uh, check in with the smartest execute order, 66% of this podcast. Jack-Jack, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Busy day. Very tired. But, uh...
2: I always love talking Star Wars, especially with you guys. It's like a it's like a breath of fresh air coming on this podcast and speaking with you guys. A- except when Klein is trying to overhear and like bash the Mandalorian season three episode two, just having darkness issues. But whatever, I guess you guys more like into the mid delorean am I right? Oh my God. <laughs> Get the fuck out! Go right for IGN, you nerd.
1: Uh, <laughs> Maybe <God>.
2: okay. Sure. <laughs> I, if there's if anyone listening.
1: <laughs> uh but, oh but yeah, I'm here Tell We're me doing where to the send thing. a cover letter. <laughs> IGN.com or IGN oh. at IGN.com. That's what H R at IGN.com nailed it.
2: Nice. I've been watching Rocky uh a lot today. I, did it. Today. Hey, did, do. It. I did it. <laughs> um I love these movies so much and re-watching some of them. I forgot how, like, the little lines that Rocky says when you think about him, you just reflect and go, What the fuck did he just say? Like, it, it, he just says the most nonsensical stuff that makes no sense. And I forgot how much my dad and I would, like, laugh at his lines and the way he would deliver them just because it's so totally random. Anyway, love those movies.
0: He's one of those movie characters that you, I think, looking back, I think a lot of people they think of Sylvester Stallone as kind of like another era's Vin Diesel or that. Oh my God. Rock. But <laughs> yeah. he isn't. But he isn't because in the, in the Rocky franchise, especially like he's like makes fun of himself a lot. And is like, mm-hmm. like kind of goofy and yeah. lovable. Whereas I, I wouldn't, I would never call like the rock or like Vin Diesel lovable. They're fun. Um, but they are very, take themselves very seriously. Whereas I don't think Stallone, at least at that point, did like and it, and it shows I, I like that he's just like a guy
2: yeah it's a weird thing because i feel like a lot of people watch rocky and just thought that's that's not rocky it's just like sylvester stallone like like there's no difference between the two but there actually is like his acting especially just like when he's just being a goofball as rocky it's it's actually overlooked he's got because some turtles he does, he's yeah he's got, got the turtles he's, <laughs> he, he, he gets a dog and calls it oh, what's he called it? the first dog i forget but he calls the second dog punchy and in, in the sixth movie <laughs> It's just like sure
1: yeah man uh all i've really been watching is star wars kang and a little you know independent film called cocaine bear Mm -hmm. and i need to i'm gonna start the show with that recommendation holy snorting shit
0: they're 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 doing more they're doing like I've saw uh, them good. announce like some crocodile movie about a
1: crocodile on drugs. Oh, and yeah, they're doing more. No, 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 no. I only want it to be done by Elizabeth Banks. Like mm. that, like period. Uh, that is the charm of this movie. Um, Yeah, man. It's like a great horror parody too. Uh, very underrated. Not in the, you know, scary movie kind of way though, but like you're, you're watching a horror movie in the, the, the psychopath murderer is a fucking bear on cocaine. And there's nothing you can do. All you can try and do is like appease the bear for a little bit, let it run away, and then you run away and try to live. But then there's a whole human subplot going on that is so good that I you kind of forget there's a rampaging bear at times. <laughs> uh, and it's it's really interesting the balance between the two. Very charming film under uh, underrated uh little you know shout out beth ann tarpley of she will rock you pod she has been championing this film and like a florida man that i am i took my 15 year old nephew to see it and boy what a time (laughs) what what a wild experience exposing that that boy to true art yeah exactly i mean he's already seen deadpool this will be fine
0: well, no, that's what I mean. It's just you're, yeah. not, you're not taking them to see the wonders of the world or the, the Mona Lisa or <laughs> nah, teaching them about history. No, 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 no. We're going to go. Yeah. What, like a few generations ago, they had Beethoven and we have
1: Cocaine Bear. Absolutely. Yeah. We started his journey in Toy Story 3 for going to the big pictures. And now, bro, we're just wow. watching Bear snort cocaine. Amazing. A cinephile in the making. You're welcome. You're welcome, future. you will have a
2: Letterbox profile in no time. It's, I can't wait. I'm on my Letterbox right now, actually. I knew we're you were those doing Rocky that navies. right now. Oh I mean, yeah, it reminded yeah. me to put my stars uh, in.
1: Uh Gentlemen, we have a long show probably, and I oh. uh, time of recording. I spent like three hours talking about King the Conqueror last night. And uh, guys, you wanna you, you guys talk about my brain and how it's crazy? Well, I use the world between worlds, the quantum realm motherfucking space X nine some AI inputs and uh, Cylon mindset. And we just, we kind of plotted out what's going to happen with Kang. And the fact that we've, we're going to see, we're going to see some younger versions of the Kang that just got wrapped up in quantum mania, kill some people, but further into the future. And we've just seen the end of Kang's story. You're all welcome. I mean, up till secret wars, because something's going to have to happen. And, ant-man's gonna have to go save him, or maybe cassie's like you killed my father but i need you to kill you and also like a hundred other yous but we'll get there so go listen to that i don't know what the hell just happened i'm sorry i've had a where can we day. listen to that on what show oh, hey. you didn't mention that i'm sorry it's been a long day too uh what is that show's name lights thunder <laughs> Action. It is J The J Wendy's Harvey.
0: bathroom. That's somewhere down the turnpike. <laughs> <Yeah. point. laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. It's uh, exit 94 on I-95. Where will that take you? Jack, do you know? No. It's somewhere around Hollywood, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. Oh. So keep that in mind. Uh, we are going to jump right on in to the Rebel Report. News, 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 news.
3: Change
2: it up. (laughs) You can't change it up on me like that (laughs) right before I got to talk. We have a quick Mando timeline update, guys. Uh, John Favreau gave the best and most clarifying answer yet, stating that Mando season three is still within the first third of the second gap of the theatrical Skywalker saga. So as most everyone knows, Force Awakens takes place 30 years after Return of the Jedi split that up into the third to get 10 years apiece. so we're still within that first 0 to 10 years well it has to be 5 to 10 years after Return of the Jedi so um, we talked about that a little last week I think it was yeah about the timeline um, but it's it's nice to, th- that we got some clarity in, in my opinion I mean we I don't I didn't need it but hey I, I think he some people probably had a little talking to him like yo John let's Let's try to figure this Can't out. Can't just but, go about just bandying about yeah. these numbers, okay, John? <laughs> yeah. It's it's serious, uh, yeah. Thomas.
1: You look very confused, my man. That math doesn't work out, man. Like how does did he rescind many years for that one part that he was talking about of season one and two specifically being? Oh, no, he hasn't years. rescinded
0: anything. I don't think he hasn't rescinded. He's anything. all over the he's, place. He's dude. just kind of dude. Does he doesn't? I don't know if he knows what year it is right now. I think he's just.
1: It's jazz, man. He's just figuring it yeah. out as he goes. That's fine. I'm okay with that. As long as we're within that first 10 years, everything makes a lot more sense. Um, it's at least seven to 10. At Skywalker this point. Yeah. Shows up in yeah. Mando season four, it's going to
0: break everyone's brain. What's going on? Does I mean, Mando even take I'm place no. in the same alternate reality as the
2: Skywalker saga? Stop it, you. Um, <laughs> I, th- I, I think it works out because if Mando started five years after Return of the Jedi then what two years passed in the first two seasons let's just say and we're at seven years after return of the jedi and we pick up with season three around seven seven
1: eight but he was with with fucking Luke for zero to two years. You're not accounting for the hyphen. It could literally be like two days. <laughs> with that, with his, I would be okay with that. God damn it! You know how long it seems? It seems like it's been like six months max, right? Exactly. So it could be seven to eight years after returning the Jedi. Just, just he needs. Just stop talking about numbers. I'm a numbers guy. You give me confusing numbers. I'm going to <laughs> fill the gaps in with timelines. Okay, we'll, it's just a cage. We'll move on to the next story then, Thomas. Okie dokie. Um,
3: Does it have guys, to do with
1: time? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, it, in everything. a way,
2: from a certain point of view. Um, oh. Guys, we finally have an update from an official, official source from a trade um, on the Star Wars theatrical slate. According to Variety... We're doing straight from the source. This is not from the direct.com, as most things usually are. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to the source on this one. We're going to break it down by the films that were in development, are in development, whatever it may be, um, because there's a lot going on here. So first, we have Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron. The article said, sources with knowledge of the production say it is no longer in active development at the studio. Thoughts on that one? David and Klein take a victory lap. <laughs> yeah, finally, <laughs> it finally, ha- it happened, and then it didn't happen, and now it's happening again. Um, I'm not surprised, like at all. Even I think it was what, like December. Patty Jenkins said, "Hey, no, like I'm still, we're, I'm still no like, working, working on it. does it Doesn't really not know Not doing Wonder Woman happen. anymore. Yeah, but it's 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 no shock. Thomas, any comment?
1: Shrug. Yeah. This was the least shocking of these.
2: Yeah. It sucks because of Top Gun Maverick. I think that makes us all even more disappointed. I think
1: that's why they didn't go on to go with it. Like it's it's not gonna be. Could Top be. Gun We Maverick. can't. Yeah, we can't do that. Could be, man. Um,
2: the Top Gun Maverick in space is basically Lightyear. Yeah, I said it. Um, <laughs> Kevin Feige's Star Wars film, also no yeah. longer an active development at Lucasfilm. Deadline clarified though that the project is not dead. But rather, is simply not an active development at the moment, likely due to Feige and Waldron's MCU commitments. Quick question for you, MCU peeps. Um, I, I like the MCU. I just don't keep up with it that much. You're a hater. Just say it. I got it, it sucks. Phase Four is the worst thing ever. Marvel's dead. Uh. Um, is Waldron writing? I know he's not yeah. writing King Dynasty. Is he writing Secret Wars?
1: Oh, yes. I yes, do believe he is. he is writing Secret Wars. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. That that definitely explains it. So I believe Deadline when they say like when they add this comment of like, "Hey, like it could still happen," but but especially with all the backlash that the MCU is getting from some people who you know aren't really like you know are are just haters and, and just want to bash stuff. Other people, I think, like myself personally, have legitimate uh, gripes with the direction since I guess like 2021, 2022. It's the end Endgame. Yeah, but I mean, that's where I was speaking to me personally. I actually liked it, 2021. Well, no, it's not like, it's It's just it's
0: the watering down of the brand almost. And yeah. like their Disney as a whole from a Star Wars and a Marvel perspective are kind of in a mode of
3: mm.
0: figuring out what each thing is again. If that makes any that sense. makes sense. And so in a in a time where Marvel is popping off and Disney and uh Star Wars isn't doing so well a Feige film makes sense but right now Marvel needs its daddy and so <laughs> daddy, big daddy Kev Kev is gonna he'll deliver on that end it's but a I, good I bet you thing. and this is this is a crazy just I don't know why I feel this I bet you we get a Kevin Feige Star Wars movie I bet you it's after Secret Wars they announce it and they after secret wars, they announced that he is taking a
2: step back. Hmm. I could absolutely see that. I could see that happening i t- when this came out this specific portion, I tweeted out, good for Marvel, good for Star Wars, uh, because think, like you said, Klein, Marvel needs Kevin right now, and honestly Star Wars what do they say to- there's there's
0: peacetime like
2: people and wartime people, and <laughs> Kevin is needed. There's a war yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great call, yeah um but yeah thomas any thoughts on this
1: yeah no i mean i'm i'm okay with this i I was like yeah feige and waldron i like them doing stuff let's see what they do with star wars but i mean you know at this point like i have no faith it's like oh a star wars film is happening
3: okay I will wow.
1: believe it when I see it. It's funny because <laughs> we were all
0: like, especially with Celebration coming up. I mean, these two projects, I don't know if we would have heard anything from yeah, them, but no. this news kind of did kind of take the the wind out of the sails just a little bit with, with Celebration. I don't know. I, I, I'm i sure that they'll have things to announce and, and things to show or, or whatever, but it is, I don't know. I, I, I'm... I thought that we'd maybe moved past. Maybe this is the last great reset that's happening. I they're taking so. the cartridge out. They're blowing on it one last time. And then we're going <laughs> to, yeah, we're
2: going to try again. J- Thomas knows what I'm talking about. Jack doesn't even know what a cartridge yeah. is. No, I don't know what's happening. But um, I I agree because I agree in the sense that like this is the last reset. That's why I'm not down on this. I'm actually pretty happy because I want Star Wars to... Cut the fat now. Yeah, cut the fat. Stay focused on like a certain thing. You know, narrow your focus, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, At least for now. And then once we get some (laughs) wins, we can start expanding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy. The dude is still just too busy. He's occupied with the Knives Out franchise and his new Peacock series, Poker Face, which I've been meaning to watch. I watched a little bit of the first episode. But the trilogy itself are just a movie from him has still not been ruled out. I don't really think there's much to add to that, guys. Do you have any quick thoughts? I think we'll get it, but I don't think it's imminent. Yeah. 2030. Um, well, maybe that's not that far. That's
1: seven years. Yeah, I know, That's now. why I had to change it
2: there. I was like, shit.
1: <laughs> I was like, it's I still mean, 2020 or something. Uh, honestly, yeah, I can see 2030. Like, That's plenty enough time for him to crank out two, maybe three more of these glass knives.
0: Glass yeah, <laughs> knives. That's yeah. what it's called.
1: Honestly, yeah, glass knives. That's the next one. Uh, You've had knives so, out. Like, you've well, had a glass that's, onion that's now you're that's gonna hear a glass knife. That's their end game.
2: Yeah, all the families, <laughs> all the different people come together. Oh, that's <laughs> been Taking them all on. Um, um, t-
1: yeah, Thomas, go ahead. Listen, I'm a huge Ryan Johnson fan, so I'm all in. Yeah, I give it. Go to make you. Looper 2, yeah. Ryan Johnson. Get out oh my of my head, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I you love want a good Looper. time travel movie? Oh yeah, that's good, good sci fi. That.
2: That's one of those few. Well, maybe not the few movies, but that's a movie where it takes time travel and makes it sci fi, and it fucking works. Because a lot of times mm. sci fi or uh, time travel can just be like more fantasy or just like a comedy or whatever. Man, that movie is like straight sci fi, and it's fucking sick um love it guys taika Waititi's star wars film is actually doing okay sources say thor love and thunder filmmaker taika Waititi continues to work on his possible star wars feature and he would most likely have a part in it as well no shock on that aspect at least in my opinion thomas finally
1: listen taika Waititi is like my favorite director right now uh, filmmaker, I should say. He's just—it's my tone. I'm all in. Uh, I love it when he's serious. Jojo Rabbit. I love it when he's absurd. What we do in the shadows. I love the stuff in between. Thor: Love and Thunder. And I'm—I'm—he has not made anything where I'm like, I don't like that. Every hmm. single thing I love—I like most of them, if not all of them. I'd have to go back and rewatch them. What an excuse for me. I love uh, even Flight of the Concords, that eclectic fucking show back in the day. Oh. It's a hip hop apotemous, <laughs> but the <Yes! Reza> bottomless. <laughs> I once again have no idea what's going on. I've never
0: oh, heard of that. Uh,
2: what we'll a baby, <laughs> you would be in if you would love Flat oh, of the Conchords. Yes, Jack.
1: Klein, you ever watch? Do you ever watch oh, IT Squad, Jack? I don't know what that is. Well, you'd like the you like the Office, so you'd like this. I know. Okay, that, so. well that that's yeah, I love the
2: Office. One of my favorite shows. Uh, Kleino, Taika Waititi, are you excited for this movie? Are you excited he's gonna be in it? Who's he gonna play? I
0: am I'm fascinated by this film Um, ever since we saw that first little logo thing (laughs) I don't know if that logo means anything but tonally I was like what is this like Monty Python Star Wars is what it kind of looked like the logo Uh, but (laughs) yeah I'm I'm excited for more Star Wars movies and Taika Waititi's humor connects with me and it works it's I find the whole starring in it thing funny just because if I was writing a Star Wars movie as well, I would be like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna write myself into this movie. Like, I wanna be in Star Wars. I mean, he's already he's already been in Star Wars, but like I'm gonna make myself a big part of Star Wars. So that's just funny. It's just so Taika to me. Like he's he very funny, but he is also, I think, especially as people like you, Thomas, and the world kind of sings his praises. I think he has kind of built himself up in his mind a little bit. And he's I think. He is feeling like he could be the one to quote-unquote save Star Wars. But I'm excited. for. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what this oh, is. Man. I just don't want this to be the first thing back is my only thing. Yeah. I don't know if I need like a Taika Waititi. I, I, it depends on what we get from him. But like yeah. in my mind, I don't need a Taika Waititi like New Zealander comedy with that weird sense of humor in the Star Wars universe as the first kind of like, hey, guys, Star Wars is back. Yeah. What's
1: up? Have you seen The Hunt for the Wilder People? I have, yeah. That is kind of what I hope his Star Wars is, if mm. I'm being honest. And that I is like see. his most dramatic, quote-unquote, and it's just so I mean, heartfelt. Jojo's pretty, pretty dramatic, but... It's also like it's, eclectically absurd with Hitler, so... Yeah. It's...
0: um, I'm fascinated to see what this is. I'm like completely and utter just... This is one of those movies, and not just because it's Star Wars, like, I love movie making from the biggest blockbusters to the smallest tiny indie or whatever and this is one of those movies on like the docket out there that i am like most just like i need, I want i i want to see what this looks like. Mm-hmm. like
2: what is this thing i agree what if it's just what if he just plays ig 11 IG11's back from the dead, and it's just IG11 oh an adventure. And, and somehow he gets get involved with the trip? Skywalkers, and then and then it becomes this big thing. Him and the hey,
1: that, hey! Well, geez, hey! On that note, let's move well, on to the last one. Hold on. He's making a droid story. Yep.
0: Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. Droids, the movie. He would sequel be a guy to, sequel do that. to Disney- DreamWorks Robots. <laughs>
3: Why?
2: World Between Worlds. <laughs> Thomas, stop writing this movie. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> we Thomas have one more movie to idea. Talk about, Jack. <laughs> We do have one more movie to talk about. Uh, sources say uh, th- that Lucasfilm is committed to a Star Wars movie from director Charmine Obeyed Chinoy. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. A two-time Oscar-winning documentarian, uh, Saving Face, A Girl in the River, The Price of the price of forgiveness. Uh, who made her live-action narrative debut with two episodes of 2022's Miss Marvel for Disney Plus? Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson were attached in October to write the script for that movie. Guys, the Lindelof movie—it's happening. It's going to get announced, no doubt. This about is the it. first
3: one.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. interesting. I like the w- based on this build-up, this team that they have. Uh, assembled here this could be what they were trying to do with with star wars in the sequel trilogy give ray this powerful female good like everything i'm reading from this saving face a girl in the river the price of forgiveness the fact she's a documentarian and i'd love to know which two episodes she directed in miss marvel um but like the fact it was miss marvel that's a huge, huge sign of where they're kind of trying to aim, I think, for landing a tone. And I'm all for it. I am all for that. This sounds amazing. Um, can I buy tickets now? Yeah. Yes. It, and Linda Law's
0: writing it. Like Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. I'm just like I I Huge! Like I cannot sing HBO's Watchmen's praises like more. It is so good, and the fact that he's writing a Star Wars movie just makes me so exciting or so excited because the Watchmen series isn't a retelling of the Watchmen graphic novel. It is essentially building upon that graphic novel and modernizing it and building essentially a sequel to that within this world and. That is exactly what Star Wars needs right now. Is they need somebody to go and take this source material and not exactly adapt it, but take this source material and create a something that is modern for our times in this world, in this universe, and have it connect back, have that connective tissue. And like I just, I think he's the perfect fit for what they needs. What they are, what not what they're trying to do. I mean, they are trying to do it, but what they need someone to do. And I just, I am so excited to see what he does. And yes, the, I mean, Miss Marvel is just fantastic. So (laughs) I'm very excited about that as well.
2: Uh, I agree. Um, guys, real quick, very, very, very quick. Any Beetlejuice fans here?
0: Yeah, sure. I saw Jenna Ortega news break.
2: Yeah. She's, she's going to be in Beetlejuice 2 playing. Uh, Lydia Dietz's daughter. Didn't know if you, that, you guys cared about that. I've never seen the movie, but I know they're big fans of that thing. So um, just want to throw that in there since we're in the Rebel Report, might as well. Um, wow, Jack, also, some Blade Runner it? news.
0: There's some Blade Runner news. Blade Shut Runner up, really? series. Yeah, Blade Runner series
1: coming. Um, live, I've actually yeah, anime with, J-
0: with Jody Comer.
1: Shut Who's the gonna, F yeah. up. Hell yeah. yes. Oh my God i'm wet
2: that's fuck awesome. the rebel report <laughs> jesus like this, this is the rebel report this now. is oh the rebel god. report we're
3: going god. off the rails baby. blade
0: runner guy jack that's you got excited when i said that
1: oh dude i love blade runner one of my favorite movies hell yeah in 2049 20- 20- yeah dude denny villeneuve
0: oh my god 2049
1: fucks. i, I like blade royalty. runner but like you talk about dark that movie is dark i can't see shit in that movie You're however tight. Yes. Blade Runner one. Yeah. Blade Runner. Okay. One. However, it also has Edward James Olmos.
3: Yes. And everybody
1: loves Admiral Adama in this world. You know, I've met that man. He's a great
3: man. Ooh.
1: Not an interesting I, man. A great man.
2: Thank you for clarifying. Oh, wow. I love the first Blade Runner. One of my favorite movies of all time. That ending scene like tears in the rain. It it, God, it gets me every time. Uh, fucking Jeff Snyder's just dropping all these damn scoops. PTA's next movie rumor on that i won't I, I won't get into it i gotta focus there's on the james board. bond news you yeah. do don't
1: worry i can All give you time happening. later when we get to the <laughs> Iger stuff uh <laughs> thank you thank you
2: thomas um moving on this is a this is another quick one uh, we're finally moving away from the theatrical sli- slate update um for now at least um Yay. moving on though ahsoka we got ahsoka release schedule update Uh, per report from Variety, Ahsoka, I guess this was the same report, actually, since it's from Variety. They probably mentioned it somewhere. So never mind. Uh, Ahsoka is set to premiere on Disney Plus in late summer, August or September of 2023. Uh, This new release date window is a bit earlier than what fans have been expecting ever since lead star Rosario Dawson said that Ahsoka will probably be released in the fall after providing fans an update about the Haunted Mansion reboot. Uh, So honestly, it's just, it's, more up in the air to me. I do hope it falls in August or September because that gives a better shot for skeleton crew to still come out this year. Um I don't know guys, thoughts? Let's go to uh Kleino first. Um no thoughts, I Thomas. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that,
0: <laughs> okay. I, I I think we talked about it last week or it was some other time very recently about this coming out and how everything's going to stack up yeah i think that right now no one has any idea even variety even these big trades i don't think anyone has any real i don't even think disney and marvel or star wars lucasfilm have really a good idea of when these things are coming out everything is so up in the air right now with the way that they are just walking through the cornfield and just slicing things down and maybe moving stuff like what if season two, like two years, like it's just, things are so up in the air right now that I'd love to see it this fall. I also wouldn't be surprised if Ahsoka closed the year in like Mm -hmm. December Mm -hmm. and we only get Mando and Ahsoka this year, I guess with visions in the middle, but that wouldn't surprise me really at all. If, if this was to get moved it's just disney right now is so like it's actually shocking every morning it seems like i wake up and there's some new rumor or some new announcement that this is getting moved that's getting moved we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this and so yeah i would love it for august september maybe even october give it that Andor slot so middle of october into like
3: it was November? September. It was end of September. Was it September?
0: I guess yeah. I always forget that. Andor was much longer than all of these other series. Yeah,
1: that's right. Uh, Thomas, I love this because if they start say August, we don't know when Loki. I just don't know where out, right? Loki season let, two is. Let, that's yeah. My that's thing. Let me tough finish because there. I got more confusing timelines to fit in here for you. Oh yay! Yes, Loki. <laughs> we don't know when Loki's supposed to drop, right? But it needs to be, in my opinion may july because it's going to be six episodes six weeks i don't marvels, think it's how, least,
0: i don't i think that was the plan but i think they're moving that now
1: well if they do they're fucking themselves because the marvels comes out in november and you mean to tell me that secret invasion has no ties to the marvels with so Scroll? Sec- but secret
0: invasions before loki
1: no not yes. necessarily no secret Invasion's supposed to supposedly be like may Allegedly, but then they came out and said, Loki's probably going to be the first one up. And it seemed to... No. A- what? No. Re- Are you telling me that there's no report recently saying Loki is now going to be the first thing we see this year on Disney Plus from Marvel? I'm like, I'm like 99% certain. Research I know they, department. They were literally like... I know they said Secret Invasion was spring of this year and Loki was summer. But then Secret Invasion lost its designation... And Jess says 2023, while Loki still allegedly says summer. However, regardless of that fact, Secret Invasion has to come out before the Marvels, I think, because I think there's a big tie-in going on there. Um, And I I really, really, really don't give a fuck about Skeleton Crew right now. I know. Everybody's shocked. Stranger Uh, Things in Space. Yeah, man, but like, if we're gonna deal with the 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 swamp thing monster, like, do oh, I yeah. actually care? You know what? Mandalorian <laughs> oh, season yeah. three probably kills everyone on that ship, and then it's children surrounded by ghosts of these pirates, and then it's like the I don't know that Pirates of the Caribbean movie where they have ghost ships and shit. I don't know. I didn't watch that. That's series. every Pirates of the Caribbean
3: back. movie. Well,
1: there <laughs> you go. Glad
2: I didn't watch one of them. I didn't include this in the news because I don't. I like to stay away from some stories that might have to do with like. Plot upcoming plot stuff, but it's not a big deal. Yeah. So for those that don't know, the the swamp pirate, swamp thing pirate at the end of Mandalorian season three, episode one is apparently supposed to be the villain for skeleton. Yeah, that's Um, kind of the
1: vibe I got. By the the way,
2: Thomas, I don't know if you read. I think it's making Star Wars has you know he's like the scooper of like releasing like plot details about all these Star Wars shows. I don't know if you read those about Ahsoka, but. Okay, there there are some. I understand why you're coming from about like wh- why do you care, but there are some in- interesting implications of that show that will probably make you care. That's all I'm gonna about say.
1: skeleton crew?
2: Yes. All is say.
3: it just a code name? Are we gonna be
1: no, like with no. Ghost Chip? Like <laughs> oh my
2: god! There he goes. Okay, it is, no, no, I
0: didn't mean it like Jason that. Is Jason
1: Sindula leading the show? No. Oh, my (laughs) God. What if Jason's one of the kids? That'd be hilarious. Come on. Give me that green-haired kid. Give it to me. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. Moving on uh, to the Lucasfilm lawsuit, which sounds like a Law & Order spinoff. Um, these are the
0: stories of Lucasfilm and <laughs> Star Wars I forget that I, I, I've never seen an
2: episode of Law in Order so
0: I've just really uh,
1: congratulations man! I, d- awesome. I would
2: just watch that with my mom when I was young um, according to an exclusive report from Deadline Lucasfilm is facing a lawsuit from producer Karen McCarthy after she was hired to work on Disney Plus's The Acolyte last year only to be fired from the project weeks later McCarthy claimed that she was recruited to the High Republic show at the same time she was approached to work on Apple TV Plus's Sugar, but opted to pursue the Star Wars project instead. By the time McCarthy was fired from the Acolyte, the Apple TV Plus opportunity was off the table and Lucasfilm refused to pay her for her work, uh, for the work she had already done, contrary to stipulations in her contract that she would be. The lawsuit filing explained the reasoning behind the suit as bad faith and wrongful termination cost the producer of significant employment and income that would have come with it. After opting for Disney Plus's to acolyte over Apple TV Plus's Sugar, it's a lot of pluses, McCarthy began working on April 7th, 2022, under broad, under a broad strokes agreement from Lucasfilm VP Physical Productions, Candace Campos, that noted various financial allowances which were received by her agent on April 11th. In that same email to mccarthy's agent david morris campos stated that they really want to make this work however two weeks later and without any given reasoning or justification lucasfilm informed mccarthy that it wanted out of the deal stated in the 12-page lawsuit filing in la superior court this left mccarthy without either deal although she had an expectation to still be paid for her weeks of work on the acolyte McCarthy opted to accept the exit with an understanding that show business is professional and not about being friends. But after requesting to be paid by Lucasfilm, the studio denied there was ever an agreement, something that McCarthy disputes, as explained in the lawsuit, which I will state here. Quote, when McCarthy went to Lucasfilm and requested to be paid, Lucasfilm denied that they even had an agreement, even though one, they had made their offer containing all of the material deal points. Two, McCarthy accepted that offer. Three, Lucasfilm had McCarthy start right away. And four, Lucasfilm sent to McCarthy a memorandum of agreement, memorializing the terms, including that McCarthy had already commenced working. The Star Wars studio offered to pay McCarthy $5,000 for one day's work. Jesus. However, she opted to deny that offer and pursue the lawsuit to hold Lucasfilm accountable for its egregious breach of their agreement. Uh, A lot there. I wanted to explain all the details so everyone could get the full picture. Uh, Thomas
1: you, yes. you're in show business man you've been in a movie like a movie movie that you see on the, on the big screen <laughs> on the screen it's a real movie uh, <laughs>
2: um i want to get your thoughts on this first uh just as someone who is an actor and has been in show business uh your thoughts on this obviously look w- we don't have like the firsthand information of seeing all the deals and the stipulations that's the big thing here but according to this information what are you thinking
1: uh, I'm thinking that I'm really glad I read this last night, to be honest with you. This is, it popped up on Twitter and I was like, what the fuck? And I started reading and I just kept reading and I ended in went, oh man, oh, I should rewind about 15 minutes and last of us. Cause I lost track of what was happening. <laughs> I got sucked into the business, the business factory. I think, um, although the agreement was never signed, they did a offer to pay, which is, obviously a sign of well we made a mistake here um and if they're offering to pay a specific amount for one day's work then the i don't know if you had it in here but there's like she worked about three weeks on producing this scheduling stuff in europe where she has contacts um and already set up um like a, a temporary stay over there because that's where production was gonna be filming. And, you know, normally you gotta kind of be there to run the show. Um, So she had about 21 days, you know, calendar days of work built into this. So if they're willing to pay 5,000 for one day's work, and they should be willing to pay 5,000 for 21 days work. Um, So it's intriguing. It's this last part that I don't remember reading last night. It might've been because I was watching The Last of Us. that I find it really hmm, I'm just very hmm, on it. I definitely think, um, even though Lucasfilm was like, we never had an agreement and it because you know it legally it wasn't signed. It's like,, eh, you know, actually, it doesn't matter because you honored what you you gotta honor what you say in certain areas. Um, and I really commend uh, Ka- Karen McCarthy here for like swinging at this, you know. Um, she obviously feels wronged. She lost out on a huge payday, and she would have been, I don't think it would, you put this in here, she would have been the highest paid producer in television. Wow. Executive producer, not woman, just executive producer on, on Apple TV Sugar. But because of the potential, now this is the part that got me, there's potential for more seasons of The Acolyte that was exactly, that was part of her, her, uh, discussion about this is she was like, Oh, there's, you know, more likely to have more seasons for this. We are thinking about this. And, uh, they had a couple other things in there. She's like, well, this is the better long-term deal. This is great. But like, I'd like this job for a while now, please. And then she loses out on the big payday and the security of Disney. So. Big, big, scary for Lucasfilm. Uh, not a good look. They're not having some good looks as of late. And I am... Listen, I mean, I am pulling for the producer in this battle. Um, because I'm not expecting it to be a million-dollar situation. But it it is... It's fucked up, man. It's fucked up to just back out. I'm sure they had reasons. And they had their... Issues and it might be like, well, like we might be able to get this producer for a little bit cheaper, uh, or vice versa. And you know, it's just it's all business at the end of the day, but sometimes there's bad business, bad faith business. Klein, you have too much Klein on your hands right now. What do you think about this? Too
0: much Klein on my hands. Um, I mean, right now it is, I don't want to say he said, she said, but. Until the courts go through with it, we won't 100% know what happened. What I will say, pay your creatives. If they did the work, pay them. I'm always going to come down on the side of the creative because I'm one myself. And the big corporation is always going to look out for itself and its bottom line. And it's never going to look out for the creative. If it doesn't have to pay the person as much as it potentially needs to, it won't. So pay your creatives. I have some breaking news. We're a regular. Oh, do boy. It. We were talk, just talking about the David Lindelof movie, Jeff Snyder on the but hot mic podcast again. Just I, said the David Lindelof Star Wars movie is a hundred percent the twenty twenty five Star Wars film and has been decided and and has already that's already been decided. And he notes
2: that quote the script is by all accounts done. Yeah. I think yeah, I listened to that podcast. I've been following at least John Rocha for a while uh, who like hosts that show. Um, but I think he he's basically, I, I won't say hinted, but like alluded to that. But I don't think he's outright said that much of like, I, think, we, I think it
0: had been kind of out there in the air that this was the 2025 movie. Yeah. But the fact that yeah. the script is done, it's finished. That means, and this is going to sound insane.
2: We could get casting in this like soon. Oh, yeah. Je- Jeff Snyder's been talking about it. I mean, he, uh, s- I-, I think some outlets ran with it as a story, which he, he didn't care for. Um, but he was talking about that the guy who played the blue guy in Watchmen, I don't know his name or his character's name. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, and Williams. The guy who's in DC, um, he was saying that He's it also would make be in Marvel's sense. Wonder Man. Oh, that's right. It would make sense for him. He wasn't saying that like that's his prediction. or Like he's heard rumblings of that. He was just saying that would be his prediction because apparently it's supposed the the lead who is supposed um yeah the lead is someone of like who's bounced between TV TV shows and movies. I think huh. that's what he said. So um yeah, I expect casting. Like I wouldn't be surprised if at celebration when they announced Wait, this that they are saying. Us are you saying we
0: like? I mean that would be that would be the ultimate. David Thompson confident stamp of approval like this is potentially happening um, I'm not saying it's going
2: to be him but like I'll I'll say that yeah sure why not no, but, I think no but going you to know what I no, you
0: know it. what I mean like if they were not just to come out and say hey guys another Star Wars movie is happening oh guess yeah. what no they're going to come out and say another Star Wars happen- is movie is happening here are three people that are in it right I'll now. I'll say one. per. Or, or I, no, but like, but I'm be, not, no, I know I'm what not you're asking I know. you for predictions just as a thing. Like, well, I'm trying to that would be, for me as a fan, like, that would be the ultimate vote of confidence after so long of all these just nebulous names and plans attached to movies. Like, now it's like, oh, like, you actually, you have someone on the payroll. Like, you have actors that are ready. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. Well, they look, they fast tracked it. I mean, I remember back in, I think it was last March. I, I think it was Snyder was the one who broke the whole Lindelof thing in the first place. But like, I remember when we were on this show covering one of the covering the Rebel Report that they were like him, um, Lindelof and Britt Gibson, I think is his name, uh, last name, that they were like, going to town on this script like that's crazy working to get it done like this was all they were doing they had the writer's room and apparently feloni was in there so it doesn't surprise me but it's also like like you said like it it boosts that confidence for me that like this could be where we're at
0: i'm gonna plant my flag now i think we get casting at celebration like if 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 it is this far along like that's crazy i did no idea i i don't know why i just had not thought that it was anywhere near that far along even if it was the 2025 movie, I would have thought, oh, maybe we'll hear something by the end of the year. But like, we're going to hear something in that's like celebrations, like a month away.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Thomas, what are we thinking? Yeah, let's let's do it. I'm all in. Uh, give me this. Cast me in it, please. I don't I <laughs> cast you in it. <laughs> Retweet <laughs> You between TV and movie. Are, are you?
0: Who have you been talking to? Uh, God.
2: Mm. Uh, thomas is is playing tron that's that's what we've decided it's Mm. about fucking
1: time uh jack let's move on to our next story i think we have like we gotta gotta get moving yeah you you have (laughs) have responsibilities we can i
0: think burn through like these next few pretty quickly like yeah guys guess what
2: mandalorian next episode gonna be long (laughs) <laughs> I, just, I just put one out there Kline is already, already reading my brain um, The man, the mythosaur, the legend himself Bob Iger has broken silence on Star Wars' theatrical future Disney CEO Bob Iger was present at the Morgan Stanley Technology Media and Telecom Conference where he spoke on why Lucasfilm is taking so long to start making the next film in the Star Wars franchise with the last one The Rise of Skywalker having released all the way back in 2019. Iger clarified quote, we're going to make sure when we make one, it's the right one so we're being very careful there. The CEO admitted that the disappointing box office returns for 2018 solo gave them pause when it came to their feature film development slate. They started to think maybe the cadence was a little too aggressive. Iger made it clear, however, that Disney is still developing Star Wars films. In the meantime, he noted that Lucasfilms ventures on Disney Plus have been extremely successful. Um, I, I th- you know, When th- that report came out of... I forget who it was who said it. I, maybe it was the puck. Um, when they were saying that, like, Lucasfilm's trying really hard to make sure this is this is a good one. And that basically what Iger said, it's the right one. It's like, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> like, yeah. like, come on. But I think the bigger thing to take away from this is when they bought Lucasfilm, Disney, that is, they fast-tracked everything like yeah, they're was, like all right we gotta get a sequel so trilogy much, let's so get so it fast. going yep, yep. And, and here we go 2014 we're announcing everything i think it was maybe even 2013 i don't know um and then movies coming out i think the the force awakens was actually supposed to come out may of 2015 and then they had to push it i could be wrong on that uh to december um they pushed one of those sequel trilogy. i mean obviously Rise of skywalker but i think last jedi too um because they were just they were so gung-ho on like we let's get this out and i think Iger just wanted to make star wars essentially marvel in terms of how much they were how much content they were putting out and every um, every year we're gonna have a
0: new star wars movie
2: yeah i think he's
0: gonna start trying to go for two movies a year
2: stories the next year yeah yeah. (laughs) very very
1: weird um thomas anything yeah, I you know, sure, whatever Iger says, whatever, it's fine. He saw a clip from the Acolyte and he, he did. S- That's he also said he said that. <laughs> yeah, and he was very impressed, but it's officially coming out 2024. Oh. And I'm telling you right fucking now, oh I'm boy. Like, phase three of the High Republic is gonna end I hate, like I hate it before, when this verse comes out, I like, hate it. Just a little bit before, and this this show's gonna fuck so hard. It i is. can't wait
2: i didn't include i did see that um as we've been doing the rebel report i didn't want to like say anything because he's the ceo of disney he's not gonna say it sucks <laughs> he's like yeah exactly. i saw that one it's you know it's not that great yeah i saw a
0: clip of the accolade last week it's okay doesn't look that promising <laughs> Maybe yeah I'll just <laughs> especially <cut it> off. <laughs> especially not at, like it's not like this is a off the record conversation like this is at a, a a conference right that is for like Telecom stockholders, buyers, <laughs> and, and like, it's, yeah, he's not gonna. I don't know. I, I, although, everyone who's seen Accolade stuff has said, like, this show, I, this show fucks. Yeah, I believe, <laughs>
1: basically, I believe it might have been this that it looks brilliant, might have been another like official phrase he said, which I like
0: yeah, more I think, than I is very right. impressed.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: Give me, the it acolyte. is interesting.
0: He's calling the Accolade out, like, you can always. With these kind of guys, it's never what they say; it's what they don't say. And so, like when James Gunn comes out and it's like the Flash is great, and it's like, what about Aquaman? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and so it is interesting reading into this. Like you said something about the about the accolade, Like what about Skeleton Crew? Or I'm sure so Ahsoka, maybe Ahsoka's fine. I don't know, but what about Ahsoka? Like I would like to hear maybe that those names get thrown around as well because. Everyone, everyone is talking about the acolyte. I wonder
2: if it's because he was asked specifically about the acolyte. Um, yeah, oh for sure. Uh yeah. Anyway, uh Lucasfilm is exploring post Rise of Skywalker content in <gasps> talking with movie TV via Star Wars Star Wars News Net uh, or Star Wars News.net. I don't know. I don't know if that's the same thing. I know Star Wars Newsnet. Anyway, the Mandalorian's Jon Favreau claimed that there's some discussion exploring going on discussion, comma, exploring going on concerning stories that take place after the Rise of Skywalker. He said, quote, there's definitely a conversation that's going on and then also what happens after the sequel trilogy because the sequel trilogy only takes place over the course of a few years and it's a big thing on the screen and it's very eventful, but it is a relatively brief moment in history over the course of the thousands of years that Star Wars takes place. And so what happens after, the, after it is interesting too. And I know that there's some discussion, exploration going on about what happens after it. So I think that there are certain markers that we have. It's almost like studying ancient history where you kind of know a few things that happen, but there's a lot of murkiness in between. And we just don't have archaeological evidence in the real world to know exactly what happened. So we kind of connect the dots. Uh, it seems to me that they should just hire Indiana Jones to kind of uncover all this up, you know? I mean, I figure agree. out the timeline. Why, why not? I mean, you got Harrison Ford already. Just get Indy in there.
1: They just need Kang to come in and create a sacred Star Wars timeline. Ooh, and you know, all, that too. Will be, all will be fine. You know? you know what that means, though, right?
2: It's Big Daddy Dave? No, it means that the world between worlds is gone if he makes just one sacred timeline. Ooh. Well, nice. the quantum
1: realm still existed. So
2: that's true. Maybe that's where Kang is hanging out to make your sacred timeline yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> any comments anybody bueller no okay honestly lucasville ge- yeah. trilogy kidding.
0: stuff i know
1: i would love like you know the way they're also exploring pre-sequel trilogy stuff no they would never do that they're Uh, not making a television show in that time period are you fucking crazy no No, just pre-sequel
0: trilogy not just immediately pre i'm talking like all sorts of pre we could go even before prequel trilogy i bet that they're exploring as well
1: no we would never do that we don't do that in star wars we stay within what about
0: after prequel Pretty trilogy, difficult. but before original trilogy.
1: No, see that's still pre sequel trilogy, and they would never yeah. do that once. No, not, no, no, no. Not even if there was a fire. I just I hate these. I hate
0: these up. reports so much. It's like <laughs> they are exploring post Rise of Skywalker content. Yeah, no shit. Like
1: of course they are. <laughs> They're probably exploring everything. Like the thing that I really want to, I really want to point out is, you know, he's like it's almost like studying ancient history, where you kind of know a few things that happen, but there's a lot of murkiness in between, and blah 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 blah. Thomas is getting a phone call. (laughs) Sorry about that. That's the other job, Colin. Uh, I'm kidding. That's my mistress, a.k.a. The paying job. Nice. I am really, you know, he's talking about this and he goes like, but it's relatively brief moment in history over the course of a thousand years of Star Wars that takes place. And I instantly go "Eh, close enough. My brain instantly goes, hmm. Interesting. I wonder. If they're thinking of going far in the future. Yeah. The low Republic. The, <laughs> 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 uh, That's good. That is good. Um, but I'm, I'm serious where it's just like there's one or two force sensitive people and that's it because nobody knows how to use it. And eventually when no one talks about things, things die that is what legacy is all about. And the legacy of the Force, if people don't know what they're feeling or thinking or tapping into, it just becomes wayward. And in the Chiss, in the Thrawn books, they don't have a way to train for the Force in Third Sight. It's basically just you have it for a little bit of time and it's like utilizing your intuition and then all of a sudden it's gone. And you got to train that shit. So it'd be interesting to see if they ever go like, post-apocalyptic star wars if you will like that far in the future where everything's kind of falling apart and that's what they should
0: have saved the uh like the force awakens subtitle for is
1: (laughs) that that movie
0: that you're pitching right now
1: yeah that is yeah i mean that'd be awesome if they did that all right jack okay The Mandalorian's next episode, episode
2: three of season three, is a long one. Thanks to a recent post from Cryptic HD Quality, fans now know the runtime for the Mandalorian season three, episode three, and it will set a new record for the Star Wars Disney Plus series. The Mandalorian's chapter 19 will run for 56 minutes and 11 seconds, excluding the dubbing and additional language credits that Disney Plus adds to its listed runtime, marking the longest episode yet for the show. Previously, the record for the longest episode was held by the season two premiere, The Marshall. Great episode, by the way. Uh, which introduced Timothy Oliphant's Cobb Vanth and ran for 51 minutes and 47 seconds. Holy shit. So, rough like four minutes, I would say, longer is episode three of season three. Um Oh, well, yeah, here it is. See, sometimes, guys, my brain skips ahead before I finish reading, and what do you know? The rest of this was exactly what my brain said. Uh, But guys, long episode coming next week. Longest one yet. What's going to happen? But spoiler free for episode (laughs) two. (laughs) What's going
0: to happen? I don't know, because I thought the whole season uh, of this season season three was going to be what we got in one forty six minute episode this week so i, I think i was no the clue. only one
2: that didn't think i did think i did think it was gonna be like half the season but yeah season two kind of threw us for a loop i feel like it season three you mean? oh or sorry episode two. two episode two yeah oh, okay yeah.
1: i was like season two did it season two definitely there um,
0: no loop. i feel like we've i feel like the, our brains have been put through the ringer when it comes to Mandalorian season three. I feel like everyone, the entire world kind of accepted.
1: Yeah, this is what's going to happen. And it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. Not at all. And I'm so excited for that. I mean, if it's the longest episode, Jack, fuck, you said spoiler free. You and I Mm -hmm. were texting yesterday morning and I was like, Din Jaren's going to ride that thing. Ride it. My pony. I hope that doesn't happen next no. week you want to know, no. no. know who does you want to know who does you want to know who does grogu it's nice. all about the force of course he would
0: i bet you it's so long that what's going to happen is another jedi is going to show up maybe mace windu who knows and just going to take grogu with him, and then they're going to get reunited by the end of the episode Right that's exactly you your boy Oh, Cal Kestis will be there too.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: Cal Kestis is dead. Dude, Jedi Survivor. I can't fucking wait. I'm listening anyway. to the Battle Scars book right now. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Got to Maybe I'll purchase game. the video game. We'll see.
2: Uh, fucking losing. Last, last small one here. Uh, Katie Sackhoff says that as of right now, she won't be in the Ahsoka series. Buy or sell, Klein, go. She dies in Mando season three.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm buying it, baby. <laughs> uh, Thomas, liar. Thank you. I will uh, say though, I wouldn't be mad if she wasn't.
2: Yeah, me neither. I saw. Yeah. Some people were like, "What? Well, like, it, you know, that'd be such like a glaring like be like, why wouldn't she be there?" It's like, what do you mean? It's
0: like,
1: because it's so takes place in at board. this
2: exact same time.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm landing. True. Like, I think they cross maybe. over but also like why would she be there? What does she have yeah, to do exactly. with the ghost crew? She's got her own shit. She shows up in two episodes of Rebels and then is gone. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. I was gonna say and, and, it'd, and, it'd so be different, different if she was Yeah. she was uh, like
0: a crew of the Ghosts. like it'd be different if she was like a recurring character
2: but yeah she's barely in Rebels and they had a few run-ins in Clone Wars and, and look not saying they yeah. couldn't have like you know had interactions off screen that we haven't seen but still it's like maybe she's Grogu's mom Oh boy, Mom Katan! I say oh boy like a thousand times when we record because oh, it, it's just needed. Oh, <laughs> oh fucked the oh. penguin! What's this I hear about not wearing purity rings? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. All <laughs> right,
1: Jack. Where can we find these? Hey, do you buy or sell? Um, I buy. I you buy. It. Yeah, okay. I buy it. Uh,
2: if you want all the latest news about the Star Wars universe, updates, whatever it may be, interviews. Be sure to check out the direct.com as well as all of our other friendly Star Wars outlets. Uh, some of these, uh, some of these news or bits of news came from just straight from Variety. So just make sure you're always checking out all the news outlets. They they deserve our attention most of the time. Um, and I say it every week, but I'll say it again: cite your damn sources. Yeah. Some much. people don't, and it sucks. <laughs> bullshit, dude. It's it, bullshit. It really That's right, Klein. Sucks. You you went through that.
0: We went through. not any names, but sometimes it happens, and oh boy, does it not feel good <laughs> oh when it's boy. you on the other end of it.
1: Oh boy! How dare they! We are going to take a brief ad break, and then on the other side, we're going to send it on over to Klein for the Bad Batch.
3: The Outpost.
1: You're listening to Reckless Rebellion.
3: This resistance...
1: And we are back! Wow, what a great ad, guys! I'm so happy that we did that. That was an I'm amazing. I'm so happy Coca-Cola is sponsoring us. Oh, I know Coca-Cola <laughs> Cane Bear is also gonna sponsor us <laughs> next week. Spoiler awesome. alert! Let's go ahead and send it on over to Klein for the bad batch in our flagship topic.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just a couple of bad boys talking. Bad Batch season two. Asking the question: Is Bad Batch better than the Mid DeLorean? I am not sure. We will have to find out. Season yeah. two, episode twelve. <laughs> yeah. Is that like your like like Migos? What do they call it when they not improv when they in the rappers when they like? Uh, man. Oh my god, know. Jack! I you're a big hip hop head. I know. You know. You know when don't I'm go rapping, No, like, yeah. I Yeah. Not a hip hop.
1: Uh <laughs> skirt like.
3: Skirt. Skirt.
0: Yeah, I forgot what those are called. Anyways, someone, Master Cookie 23 is listening to this right now and going like, guys, it's this. Uh, But yeah, Season 2, Episode 12, The Outpost. We've been cutting down on the recaps for Bad Batch a little bit because we've been doing Mandalorian stuff. And I don't want to say that Mandalorian is on a higher tier than the Bad Batch, but in the general consensus, it is. And that is a shame. Because animation is a justifiable medium as well. But we'll get into what happened this week in episode number 12. Basically, this week, we went away from the batch. They were gone. We were hanging out with Crosshair. He is sent on a mission with a just the worst empirical, 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 empire lieutenant. Uh, They're sent to this desolate outpost with this lieutenant uh, on this very cold, wintry planet where they meet a few remaining clones. And this empirical lieutenant hates them. He's like, we've moved on from you. You guys are used goods. We don't need you around here. And they're protecting just like a whole bunch of supplies. And they are basically going to be there for, I think, four or five days until a supply run comes. And they pick up all the remaining stuff. And then they're going to be done. They're going to be decommissioned and will be forced to retire. So they get there crosshair meets mayday who's kind of the leader of these clones and they're out exploring and guess what the outpost is being raided with like it's just not going well they come back and mayday is the only one that has survived everyone else has died crosshair and mayday are just the only two i guess quote-unquote clones there um and the lieutenant officer is just being a jerk and he's like They took supplies. What are you doing? And so two of Crosshair and Mayday are sent on a mission to get the supplies back. They end up eventually finding out that the supplies are the thing that they're protecting is Stormtrooper gear, which I found very funny because they're protecting the thing that is going to ultimately end them. After killing some raiders, they they get stuck in a blizzard. They don't get the supplies. They get stuck in a blizzard, in an avalanche, and then Crosshair and Mayday, they end up returning to the outpost with Mayday dying, like at the feet of this Empire officer, and he could not care less. Good riddance, don't need you, you are done. Crosshair talks to him, like, you could have helped him, you could have saved him. Guy's like, I don't care, we're over you clones, it's done, you served your purpose. So what Crosshair does? He shoots the guy in the face. He yeah! kills this empirical lieutenant dick bag, and then ultimately passes out. And then we end the episode on Crosshairs waking up, fading in and out of consciousness in this mysterious facility uh, with a doctor overseeing him, um, just kind of talking to him. And then that's it, and that's the episode. But it was intense. It was awesome. I will quickly say, very just like quick, my general thoughts. I I loved this episode. I. I am shocked that the Bad Batch, the highs and lows of this season are shocking to me. Just, just <laughs> flabbergasting. And I think this was one of the highs. This is g- genuinely like thrilling and exciting Star Wars. And I'm fascinated to see what it all means. It gave me that little hook at the end where it's like, oh, like I can't wait to see where this leads. And I'm very excited. Tom, Miss Carter Rochester. Good. What did you think? Good I was you name. Tom Drew. I know. Good <laughs> I, it
1: works perfectly there. Uh he's British, I'm Australian. Uh honestly, this is the I, I just checked the highest rated episode of the Bad Batch. I don't ever. think it's my favorite, but I it's it's very good. Top five. This, this one, no, this one might be my favorite. I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, this is good, this is good. And then it's going, and I'm like, okay, wow. And then uh the, the avalanche happens. And then Crosshair decides to start carrying him. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then they get there and it's just like, you're disposable. I will let you die. Blah, 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 blue. Uh, Sorry, that was supposed to be Lieutenant Nolan, the dumb jerk. He's such a piece of shit. And then he, you know, uh, you're watching and I'm like, this is like such good animation. I can feel the pain. And there's not a single sound coming. That's how good this animation is. They're making an actor choice. And it's so beautiful. So I'm like, he's going to shoot him in the fucking face. Let's fucking go. He does it. This is this is the end, I think, for uh, Crosshair officially wanting to be in the Empire. But Emery Carr, we've seen her a couple times. Uh, last she week was with Dr. The Hemlock.
0: End of... Season one?
3: Am Maybe. I
2: crazy? I'm, she may have sure been, she, but she definitely sure. she was in the recent episode last last week. So is he at? Can I? I want
3: what to Zello
0: Beast. Zello, is that right? Last little season or last stinger. Yep. Of him in this, do we have any idea where he is? Is he in this cloning Zillow. facility that we saw last week? We're assuming. I yes, so. I'm assuming that. Fascinating. He. he I'm so fascinated to see where this series goes. Which, if you had told me that three episodes in, like, <laughs> or just like before the
1: mid season finale, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so she was officially in last week's episode as uh Emery Carr, according to IMDb. Really fast, the actress is Keisha Castle Hughes, she was the queen of Naboo in Revenge of the Sith. Oh, oh, well, that's fun, right?
2: Interesting.
1: Right.
0: Fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> I bet you there is no tie there at all. But no, just other love, than they I, like I working love with her.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, she's in multiple Star Wars shows. Fucking lucky. Um, absolutely love this episode. I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. This is now at the point for me where I'm. I More have episodes m- left. I believe that is correct. Yeah, 16, yeah. right? This was 12. But yeah.
2: 15 and 16 release mm-hmm. together. So
1: yeah, it's so only three uh, weeks we've got left three yeah. weeks. We, next week is Pabu. Obviously, it's gonna do something oh, to boy, do with Pabu. Abitch, Can't the wait. Legend of Korra. Yeah. Then tipping point, the summit, plan 99. As we know, they're chasing Omega. Omega so they can get to what's or nuts, but maybe having crosshair is enough to get to what's or nuts because crosshair would be like, well, oh, I know what happened to them. They were over there. Uh, thank you, Jack. I don't know what fucking voice that was, but it was a—it <laughs> was a choice of a voice. Um, choice of a voice. Jack, let, a you haven't really talked much about what you thought on this episode. So give us your your thoughts on being the outpost. Better than Mando this week. Better Ooh. than Mando,
2: and I liked Ooh. I liked the Mandalorian episode this week. Yeah. Like you I were really like it.
1: low on Mando this week. What are you talking about?
2: No, I I really liked it. Um, Loved it. I certainly favorite. have like my issues with it. Was uh, that
0: weird and, creepy eye monster?
2: Yeah, and, and <laughs> the, that's the thing is I have more issues with that than I do with this. Like I think I like both equally, but the things I don't like, I don't like more from Mando. Um, dude, this week, this week's episode of the Bad Batch was so good. It's like this is easily this is, top. This five is Clone War season seven. Episodes. Like yes. Stuff. And this is this is more of what I thought we were gonna get in season two, especially the tone. Um, but it, there was just a lot of other stuff in between thrown in there because why not? Um, but yeah, it's heartbreaking, it's emotional, and I just I love the world building of it all about just the clones and, and what happened. Uh, I mean, for years, people were confused, thinking stormtroopers were clone troopers, and it's like, oh no, they're not. It's like, well, then what happened to them? Well, maybe they retired. Some of them are on the street. You got Tamara Morrison asking for money from Obi Wan, but you're just seeing this whole thing unravel. And that moment when they realize the cargo is the the shiny new gear for 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 their new military, it's like, shit. new soldiers got new toys. Yeah we were good soldiers, we followed orders like, and it's speaking to a lot of like, I mean, themes that we've experienced here in America, at least I can't speak to any other country that much, but like specifically the way we, the country treated Vietnam vets, you know, however you feel about Vietnam or any war for that matter. Um, They were also in many cases, good soldiers who followed orders in many cases, not every case. and it, it just speaks to the treatment of veterans here in the country, Homeside. So uh, I I just love what we're exploring. I wish we got more of this every week. Um, but I, I I guess this is the second Crosshair episode, really, this season. Yeah. yeah and the other one was very similar in tone. And I it's like, man, just stick with this. I hope they stick with this from here on out. I'm sure we'll get some sort of episode similar to last week's with the Zillow Beast Um but even that was a little bit better. Even that than, was, I think, yeah. That was better than Yeah.
0: Dredge Racing or whatever <laughs> they <was> called it.
2: <laughs> uh so so yeah, I, I love this episode. Can I go ahead and give how many Bad Batchers I want to get? Yeah, let's let's get into it. Yeah. I'm gonna go four point five out of five Bad Batchers. Nice. Okay.
1: Pline. I'm gonna say four. I think I'm gonna um, go four and a half as well. Nice. I want so to go good. five, but I don't know. I feel like nothing is
2: perfect, Thomas.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I land, honestly. Uh, shout but out five Beardy out of five doesn't make it perfect. It just
0: means it. Like I hate that. It's like nothing's perfect, so then you can never use. But this then, how do you
2: compare? How do you compare, Klein? Well, I, I don't know. I could if if, if you have two five, five out of five, five things, but you out, like one of the five out of five things better, then yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, it does. I it can you can I like two different masterpieces
0: more or less,
2: <gasps> yeah. But it
0: masterpieces can. again. I was flaws. just being dramatic,
2: but I no. I when we're doing like a five out of five thing, I yeah. I I I, I give leniency to that. But if you like, if you give me like the ten scale or the hundred scale, then I'm like, well, it's seven point two one five out of ten or something like that. So, but with the Bad Badgers, we'll just stick with the five. Um, yeah. I wish I knew. I guess maybe next week we'll go back and, or I'll go back, listen to the previous reviews and see how many bad batchers we gave each one. So we can kind of see think we've been sitting between that like two and three and a half so far. Like maybe yeah. that
0: yeah. duology of the mid season finale. I think that would have, although maybe Ooh, we missed, I wasn't,
2: week. I wasn't here there. You guys, I think did that week. I wasn't here. I would have given that like 4.75. Yeah.
0: It would have been a four for me. Maybe a four and a five, four and a half. I don't know what we I don't think we gave. I don't think we did the numbers that week. I they think we not. missed it, Thomas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one where I wasn't there?
0: No. No. The, the one I think where that you were there. you were there. I we wasn't. did the duology. I just don't think we scored it. The duology. That's
2: that should be the title of the episodes. Duology. <laughs>
0: that well, should it is the It's there. It's like a tri a trilogy. Trilogy. Trilogy.
3: <laughs> Okay. So yeah,
0: bad batch. Only a few more weeks left. Very cool. Very good. Maybe we'll see Omega next week, but who knows? Maybe we just won't see her for the rest of the show. And it might be better for it. Um let's move on. Do we want to take another break? Klein, say that again. Let's move on. I'm gonna do
2: something.
1: Okay, let's move on. To mando! In our supreme leading flagship topic, Jack, Jack, we know you got to go, buddy. But give us your uh, numerical rating of your choice on the Mandalorian, the minds of Mandalorian.
0: Your Twitter review. Fuck,
1: fuck my
2: Twitter. I don't even think I
0: fuck is
1: not a me. number, young man. <laughs> What's your language? That's how much um, he loved it. He just—it's
2: so mm. high. Hmm. <laughs> I will go seven point. I'm gonna do a ten scale. Uh, seven point mm, three fucks out of ten fucks. I think I'll I'll go with
0: that. Wow! Wow. Is that good? Is the more fucks better?
2: More fucks is better.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, boys. Can't wait to listen to the review to hear Klein just shit all over the lighting in this episode. Oh god. Shit all over the cinematographer. Let's just stop.
0: Let's who directed just this episode?
2: Stop. Who did the cinematography Stop or Black Panther, filming things down dope? dope. Yeah.
0: Okay. but did any of those take place in dark caves at night? Like, let's just stop shooting in dark Black places. Black Panther. Now what on, are you talking about? <laughs> from now on, let's just stop shooting. I, hey, you know what? I'll say it right now. I got lighting problems with Black Panther too. Okay, oh, like let's got just CGI raw problems day- with Black Panther. broad daylight, and that's it. Like that's all we. That's no more of this business of shooting in the dark. I don't like it.
2: Look, I'm going to get this out of the way then I'm going to leave. There the lighting there's no problem with the lighting in this episode. Klein just has the sunlight pointed directly at his TV so he can complain later on in this in this podcast that the lighting is too dark. No it's it's the sun. It's always been the sun. Klein, you're
3: ridiculous. I also
2: watched it at night. Uh,
3: you like I watched it a right second
0: up. time at night. Oh, how did that go?
2: You'll have to listen to the episode to find out, Jack. No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> 7.3 bucks out of 10 bucks. Fuck you, Klein. Thomas, I love you. Daddy-o. Thomas is daddy. <laughs> Pedro Pascal is not daddy. Thomas is daddy.
1: You're goddamn right. You sound like Pedro. I can there. bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Not bad, That's my man. not my bedroom voice, though, so there's that. <laughs> 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 All right, Jack, get on out of here so we can dive into the spoilers and... We love you. And all the good things. Peace out, y'all. Love you, too. And then there were two.
2: Thank Mando God we got rid of
1: that dead weight. Cub. I know. God, I didn't <laughs> want to carry him for the whole show. Please. He stepped on a mine earlier. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, I Jesus. Know. I know. You think under the snow, you'd see it shining, but no, mister. It's not dark enough. Just doesn't see the big <laughs> white snow. Let's get Thomas. Okay. <laughs> no, Mando no. chapter 18. What was it called? <laughs> the minds of Mandalore. While you guys were talking, I was rewatching the season, uh, the trailer, because I'm like, I I feel like there's big stuff that we're missing. And we are, we're missing some big stuff. uh, That is just, there's eye candy in the trailer, but now has whole different meanings. The Mandalorian chapter 18, the minds of Mandalore. What are your general thoughts on it, Klein? Because uh, I'm ready. I mean, the 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 fucking plot is pretty straightforward. We only got five bullet points and then a bunch yeah. of questions. So, um, my general thoughts.
0: I as I'm I'm being funny with the lighting. I think I think it was fine. I actually think that the first time I watched it, I was in a sunlit room and I was like, "This is very dark." But I do think that the lighting that they use in those dark areas is very very intentional like yeah. the, the shining of Bo-Katan's shield at one point in the fights like I thought it was I thought it was very interesting the glowing green eyes of those weird dragon lizard things Um, what I will say as a general my general feelings about this episode is I love being back in this world I love being back with these characters I love the Mandalorian so much but Mm. this season so far last week I put it off of like I liked last week I did not love it I just really liked being back in this world but I thought I, I felt like we were going to I don't know I I I felt like okay next week will be the week and it wasn't I I this was another I wanted to be blown away and I think I liked this maybe even a little less than last week I liked it I didn't love it. I think it was good. It was not great. And that really bums me out, especially coming off Andor and watching other TV shows in the world right now. Like I really wanted this to pop the way that the last of us on HBO is popping. Like I, like I really wanted yeah. it to hit, hit a bar and, and it isn't. And there's weird stuff in this episode that I did feel was, was very rushed and was done Almost flippantly that I did not like uh, which can I you're here for the review I'm just gonna spoil it. I found the whole um what are the waters called
1: the living waters of man
0: the living waters exactly I found the whole that whole sequence should have been made a bigger deal than it was it felt like it it was going it felt like it was building to be a bigger thing and even in the moment and we get him going into the water and then he gets sucked underwater and that's kind of like, I mean, maybe next week we'll pick up and we'll see the ramifications of what him getting in the water means. But I just, for that, for that, this character who the whole time has been preaching this religious thing, like this, it's religion to him. It is faith. And it felt just like, I don't know. It felt, very hasty. And Mm. there was a few things like that in this episode. This didn't feel like the big man. I I loved that first, when we come down into Mandalore that first time and I'm sitting there going, fuck, like, yes, like this. Yes. And then we, it didn't, it didn't hit me as hard after that as I wanted it to being on Mandalore. Like, Oh my gosh. It's like, okay, I'm seeing the same cave entrance five different times um and i just i didn't like where we went i didn't like i didn't think this was the mandalore introduction that i thought we were gonna get i thought it was gonna be this big epic thing and it wasn't we got a crab
1: robot with a weird eye in it well i mean i disagree i think it is a big thing i think it's just underplayed because i think it is i think it's a big thing but it didn't feel like it yeah, well, I think it's because they underplay it. They have the juxtaposition of Bo-Katan there, who's like, you've got a religious zealot who looks upon the Grand Canyon as like the holy, you know, <laughs> the holy opening of Earth, if you will. And then you've got another person who lives there is like, yeah, it's just a giant hole in the ground. It's all about perspective. Well, um, so from the viewpoint of Mandalorian, of Din Djarin, like, this is a huge deal. He doesn't speak. But she's she says it. it's a huge deal, too. And it
0: doesn't feel like a huge deal for her. Like, it didn't feel like her landing on this planet did not feel like the moment that I think it should have. Interesting.
1: I feel like it felt exactly like it should have, which is trauma for her, specifically. Like, I'm like... Oh, I yeah, like, like okay, okay. but like, here's the thing. Um, is
0: I, 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 to- I agree with you. I think it did feel like that. It felt like trauma, but it wasn't... I don't know if I was expecting more it was trauma in that moment and then that was it like it, it I I just felt like this whole episode should have felt like the whole time was oh my gosh like these characters are back here and they are really really like once they got out of the ship and had a couple lines they could have been on any planet okay fair And it just, it, to me, I wanted it, I wanted it to be more ceremonious. I wanted it to be like, we're back here. And this is like, this is a big deal.
1: And it didn't feel like that. Interesting. Well, from that point of view, I do understand. I think it was a big deal for me. Um, And I mean, it's a big deal to be back on Mandalore. I just don't think they showed that to me. No, and what I'm saying is I think they did show that is my whole point like the way that they the cinematography alone how they you know Din Djarin and Grogu are slowly dropping and then they have that giant wide shot where they're just like specks of dust coming down in the sky and it's like whoa this place is huge and it's literally a graveyard it's it's like you know Veb in Ant-Man Quantumania he's like wait your buildings are dead it's like you know so Let's go ahead and dive on into the plot, because, like, I'm skirting around exactly why I think it is as big of a deal as I believe it is. But we start out on Tatooine, and it's Boonta if we can! And Pelimato and some Jawas are out there just hustling some Rodians. Well, I'm sorry, that's messed up. A Rodian. Uh, Before Mando arrives, Grogu leaps, force leaps into Pelimato's hand, and Mando says that he needs an IG memory circuit. And even the Jawas can't help. So, what happens? Pelly sells him R5. R5 R5D4, finally going on his big adventure, kid. How about that? Uh, Okay, this R5
0: unit is the same, right? It is the Uncle Owen R5, I'm going to explode on your front lawn unit. Exactly. Okay. I've seen that going around, and I'm like, this is... Fun. I love. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's it's a it's a character I never thought would ever come back. But you, you wanna know fun. it is funny.
1: You, well, you know how it's like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. Like yeah. he seems cowardly. Well, he's got a blown motivator. Exactly. <laughs> but did you know that he blew his own motivator so that R2 could get the message to where it needed to be? Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah. So he's the real hero of the rebellion. He is the real hero.
1: He in in uh a certain point of view. The book for A New Hope, which shout out, they just announced Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view. So I can't fucking wait. Uh, and that book um, for A New Hope, th- one of the chapters is R5 and he's like, no, you got to pick him. He's got this big secret re- mission and I'm okay. Like I'm going to blow, like I am going to probably die. Like I have this issue. And, oh no. Okay. Well, I got to blow because he's got to go there. boop. boop, 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 boop. ends up hanging out with Peli Motto. Awesome. Um, honestly I wanted to sit down and write all the shit Pelimato said because I feel like there's a lot she mentioned Lerman's uh, and that's from like season one or two of the clone wars and they're like little monkeys who choose peace at the behest of literally dying all the time so I thought that was pretty cool Uh, and I don't remember the rest of the shout outs that she mentioned but uh, we blast off into space we fly through some uh, fireworks that was cool Mando says he grew up on Concordia, which I mean, duh, he was saved by the Death Watch. Uh, and upon landing on the surface of Mandalore, R5 goes on scouting uh for you know air to breathe, only to get lost. So Mando goes and checks on him. He gets ambushed by some Alamites and wields the dark sta- saber just quite quite terribly. Man, he's really good at this clan. I think you should wield the dark saber. What do you think? No. It it, it looks very And I, 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 the Mandalorian,
0: Din, Dinjar, and Pedro Pascal. I'm sure is a strong guy, but it looks very heavy. Like, yeah, it just. I don't know why. Is Bo Katan just that much? Like, does she got the? She got that arm, good arm workout going on. Like, I don't understand. He holds it, and it looks like it, it. Yeah, it looks heavy in his hands.
1: It in in uh because it is a weapon of the force when you are resistant, it gets heavier. So Sabine Wren oh, okay. did not want to wield it and did not want to give in to her emotions and didn't want to like, she had herself closed off to some stuff. And because of that, she, uh, it, it was getting heavier and harder for her to wield it. And so I think Din Djarin's kind of in the same place. Whereas spoiler alert, Bo-Katan is like, I will fucking slay a motherfucker. Um, and is it completely at peace with who she is as a warrior? I think. Whereas Din and his faith is currently broken. And I think that's probably it. He took his mask off and now he doesn't know if he's a Mandalorian anymore. So that could be a part of it. I just thought of that on the spot. We'll see what happens. The air is so good uh, that Grogu gets to go out and breathe some good good old fresh Mandalorian green j- emerald gem. Oh my god, it's like the Emerald City. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, that's it did it have a very of. Wizard of Oz-y look. <laughs> um Oh shit! Yeah, it did. Uh, I'm starting to think way too deep. They make their way to the bottom of the formerly domed city of Sandari, and they make it to the civic center. Uh, Mando gets caught in a trap by some techno-organic hybrid and taken to a death cave. Grogu, Grogu tries to save him uh, with the Force and sets out to help Bocatan on uh, to get help from Bocatan. Excuse me, from Kelvala. I just want to say here, shout out to the dragon that attacks them, and green eyed thing. Yeah, and yeah. the creature, the techno organic creature, is pumping blood out of Mando. That was weird. That was creepy. I didn't Very like that. Weird.
3: I
0: hated this whole creature thing. It, or not, not hated it in like that. I think it was bad. I just it freaked me out. I didn't like it at all. It was like General Grievous's weird. Cousin.
1: I didn't like it one bit. <laughs> um, I was listening to return of the pod and they mentioned this could be actually, um, a Geonosian, and And they had started merging themselves with droids after some stuff that happened with the, uh, at the end of the, the clone war, because What's they started he doing being... on Mandalore then. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's been there the whole time or maybe, maybe, it, maybe it was planted. Listen, I really did think of Darth Maul a lot. That. <laughs> um, and I seem like it was like hateful. Uh, anyways, um, you have anything to mention in this sequence here? I mean, Grogu pushes the Alamide out of the way with his real strong force strength.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, it's trailer moment number one right there. Uh, but yeah, I, this is just, I don't know, set up for. What we what we ultimately get? get. I like I like the look of this crab weird monster thing, but it I hate
1: it as well. It's
0: just so freaky. I have nightmares.
1: I love that man. Um, Grogu goes and gets Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan's first off like we're gonna settle this once and for all. Wait, where's your dad? Back on Mandalore, Grogu guides Bo-Katan to Mando, and we get some real sexy dialogue here. Bo-Katan says she knew quite a few Jedi and they fought side by side. She reckons Grogu is quite good with the Force, considering he got to her all alone. Those Jedi she's mentioning are Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Ahsoka Tano. Holy fuck. Yeah,
0: I thought, and I mean, last time we saw her on Mandalore was was with Ahsoka, right? Like, it was right at the end.
1: I don't remember if Ahsoka was there, but I know that Ezra and Kanan were there.
0: Oh. I'm talking it in Clone Wars, like last time we saw in something released.
1: Oh fuck, you're yeah, right! Like,
0: at, like at the end of season seven.
1: Whoa. Okay, so I totally did not think about that. So maybe she should be in Ahsoka now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bo-Katan shoots the ceiling, and those alamites fall out, and she easily dispatches, and this is a great sequence where like she flies through them so fast, whereas Din Djarin did not. He had to use the Darksaber, and all she really uses is her secret knives, like she's an assassin from Assassin's Creed. Love it. Uh, she confronts the bot, snags the Darksaber, and kills it. Or does she? The big version attacks, and she wields the Darksaber with ease and wipes the floor with the mech. Dude, holy fuck, that was awesome. Like, her just using the Darksaber and being an absolute badass mm, is my second favorite part of this entire episode.
0: I want to say shout-out very quickly to the soundtrack in this whole sequence. Like, these six synths come in and they're just pulsing as she, like, Mm. is slicing this thing. Uh, Very anime, the way that she moves and slices under it. And uh, I, I really dug it. She is very capable. I don't know why... I mean, Mando's a badass, but he looks like a schlub compared to Bo-Katan. He does not know what he's doing. This monster thing—I like that his uh, head kind of ejects like a mm. like a USB stick. It reminds me of—and this might go over. No, you're a child of the early '90s, late '80s. Very Krang.
1: Oh my god! Yeah,
0: like from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, <laughs> just like in these weird death machines, and just like ejecting his brain body out into the next suit or whatever. Yeah, wow. I dug it.
1: Yeah, I um again, I I, I think it's A, she said training with the darksaber. That's a very important thing. You do have to have, be trained with it, because it is an entirely different weapon considering it is based off of the I found it interesting
0: force. that she so willingly just picked it up.
3: Well, because, you know, in a battle I mean, it it's was totally a moment, different yeah. Yeah,
0: the moment. It was a, it was an emergency. I totally get that. I just to me, Bo Katan for so long has been like very ceremonious with this thing and I thought for sure she she wouldn't touch it just out but out of respect for oh no I need to win this.
1: Yeah. Well that's the thing is if he dies then she doesn't win it. Right? That's the kind yeah. of the, the point here. So she saves him with it so that he can have it back and eventually if she chooses to she can take him on. Um, I think of it, it's not so much like, oh, I can't use it in a desperate time, but it is definitely a, I'm not the rightful owner, so I'm going to be giving it back at the end. So, like, I wasn't surprised when she snagged it. I was like, oh, let's go, man. Like, let's see what this is going to be like. And she just, oh, man, she just whipped it on out there and just started slaying some fools. Loved every second of it. And then that gets us to like some downtime. You know, we had a very cool. Like we had a lot of stuff going, a lot of tension. Drink some just, soup. Need some polyc soup, man. Mando wakes up, and eventually this whole part, he just expresses his love for the creed. Bo-Katan guides Mando. You know, she's like, "I'll guide you to the living waters. You'll never find it by yourself." Very important because he's talking about a map, and as long as we have a map, we'll never be lost. And he's fucking lost because he says never. He doesn't have a map for you know this ruined city. Um, They have a great talk about the past and Bo-Katan expresses her displeasure of the Mandos killing each other. Shade to Death Watch. Also self-shade because you started the Civil War but like we're not going to talk about that. Um, She starts talking about the childhood ceremony there in the living waters and discusses her father dying defending Mandalore. And we get the most emotional this is the way ever from Din Djarin and Bo-Katan cracks a little here. She's like okay I hate that saying, but you use it in the right way there. And I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. It's um, one of those, somebody who has no faith in, mm-hmm. and in, in anything like he is, he, I think that in this season specifically, and uh, at the end of season two as well, that they're very much playing into like this, what the way that Mando does it, like he is a, a man of religion. Like yeah. he is very much a zealot and, she is a non-believer and, but the way that he uses it in this moment and the circumstances and just seeing how much he believes makes her not question her faith, but for a moment it is, Oh, maybe this makes sense. Like having something to believe in when there is nothing to believe in. And I find that I I really, I do really like that because that relationship between Mando and Bo-Katan is is very interesting because it's two very different ways to be a Mandalorian.
1: Yes. I think th- I like that approach that you bring it up because it is, it is that way. And it's also, I think, uh, you know, the, the very old school look at the creed and what it mm-hmm. means. And then the very modern, like, this is my life. Like, I can I've take my here. helmet off. And yeah, i just exactly.
0: sick ass warrior with a cool suit of armor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's very, the way he goes about living his life is super admirable. And she even says, you know, I think it's really adorable that you like keep clinging to these children's stories. And as this episode goes on and they keep talking, she's like, all right, you really believe in this. And that is, that is your And there's your nothing code. I
0: can do. And there's nothing yeah. I can do.
1: I mean, there's a point he even says, um, I'm trying to remember what it is, is like, uh, he is like, I must continue to the minds of Mandalore. And that's when she says something about being adorable. There's nothing magic about the waters. And he says, without the creed, what are we? What do we stand for? Our people, are, people are scattered like stars in the galaxy. The creed is how we survived. And that's when Bo-Katan is like, I'll take you to the living waters. And it's like, cracked her right There's Nothing there. she can do that is going to make him Stop
0: exactly wanting to see it and wanting to go and and even if it doesn't do anything in his mind it does he just mm-hmm. needs to get in the water he needs to redeem himself he needs to be born again uh into this like like a baptism almost uh and there's nothing cuz she's like okay let's get out of here there's nothing for us here and he's like no 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 I need to see these waters like I yeah. need to I need to bathe in the living water which I did I dig it I do I do really like that he's on this religious conquest
1: Yeah, he's on his pilgrimage, if you will, back to the back to the Holy Land. Um, They arrive at the living waters and Bo-Katan reads the plaque. And I want to read this plaque. Gives them a full tour. Gives them the full. Oh, my God, that was so fantastic. Let me give you the full tour. These mines date back to the age of the first Mandalore. According to ancient folklore, the mines were a mythosaur lair. Mandalore the Great is said to have tamed the mythical beast. It is from these legends. The skull signet was adopted and became the symbol of our planet. Foreshadowing, perhaps. Uh, She turns and looks at Mando and says, Din, are you all right? And he starts taking off his weapons, taking off his jetpack, even takes off his cape. That was adorable. I've never seen him take his cape off once. Um, and then he starts stepping into the water. I thought he was going to get butt
0: ass naked. I'm gonna be
1: honest. I was a little disappointed that he went in the water with his armor on. Oh my god, that is hilarious, dude! I love that so much. You fucking, you just wanted to see some Mando ass. No, I mean, who wouldn't? But also,
0: <laughs> I thought it was a little silly that he went in the water with his with his armor on. I thought
1: super dumb too. Um, but hey, who am I?
0: Especially if it's got a drop off like that, where you're wearing however many pounds of Beskar and you walk in and you're just, you're a
1: rock. He didn't know that. I didn't know that. Fuck, did even Bo-Katan know that? Who knows? Um, But yeah, you're right. He does walk into the water and he starts reciting the ritual words. I swear on my name and the names of the ancestors that I shall walk the way of the Mandalore and the words of the creed shall be ever forever forged in my heart. And he drips, drips down, drops down into the water, falling all the way to the bottom at a faster rate than Bo-Katan can dive down there with a jetpack. intriguing. She goes all the way down. She struggles and gets them back up. And on their way back up, they see some scales, some horns, and it is the motherfucking Mithasaur. They land, the camera cuts to her, and she looks back at the water like, oh my God. And that's the, how the episode ends. This is the point. I shoved the towel over my face and started screaming really loudly because as soon as he falls in the water and she dies in, I'm like, oh my God, please show me a mythosaur. Please be a mythosaur. Please be a mythosaur. Please be a mythosaur. Please be a mythosaur. Fuck. All right. Oh my God. It's a mythosaur. Ah! <laughs> so um yeah i was hype i'm very excited for this klein talk about the stuff that you really want to talk about whether it like from the episode and then let's look to the future a little bit
0: it's exciting it's a super cool reveal with the mythosaur i really like it's something that i never thought we would get that is neat and and very cool but I think that this episode is a lot of bark and no bite for me. I think that it is a lot of just cool things being thrown at my face and none of the heart and none of the um, like emotion to back any of it up. And so that's kind of that's where I'm feeling about this episode and it bums me out. Like I really really want to love this and there's a lot of things to like about it. There's a lot of fizzle and pop, but ultimately it does feel a little empty calorie. Like it feels like there isn't any substance behind it. It's like, oh, Mythosaur, hell yeah, awesome. But I didn't get I didn't get the emotional payoff personally of the moment of him in the water to start. And so I think it would have been much cooler if we got this big emotional moment of him in the water and we even ended on that. And then next week we we get this Mythosaur reveal later somehow, some way. But just, I'm, I don't know. This feels a little rushed to me. It feels like it's just missing just that little bit of like Mando magic, which I've always looked for in these Mando episodes and mostly gotten where it is super cool action that is, that is backed up by the emotional moments and these emotional, you, you know why, not why the characters are doing it, but the characters are showing you why. It's not just we're telling you why, it's we're showing you why. And yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's people yelling at their phones right now, going, "Klein, you're an idiot. Stop talking about Star Wars." And to that, I say,
1: "Okay." I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe. And if they yell at you, I will, I will hunt them down and gut them like a fish. I suppose. I just wanted more um, from this. Like I all of this. Okay. I totally and that's, understandable. That's super
0: unspecific. <laughs> like it's super unspecific but like my biggest criticism is that yeah it just like it it felt empty and so like if I was to put it on a scale this is like a 7 out of 10 episode for me I don't think it's a 10 out of 10 I don't think it's absolutely incredible I think there's moments I think that like a mythosaurus cool I don't care what anyone says this reveal is sick I just wanted more from the rest of it and I wanted the build up to this if this if the rest of this had been built up even more and I'd gotten those moments those moments of emotional tension that I was genuinely looking for and then at the end we get this mythosaur reveal like I would have been jumping up and down but by the end it's like wait there's a mythosaur in there oh okay cool this getting wow. here felt very
1: rushed okay that's fair here's what I like they've teased this since the very beginning of Mandalorian the mythosaur. Queel says yeah. You know, he mentions, you know, your in. Yeah, I'm not saying the Mythosaur
0: felt rushed. I just mean the whole, like, getting in the water sink. Like, just this whole action ah. scene of revealing it felt very rushed. Felt like, we need to get that. We need to get it in there. Like, we, how are we going to do it?
1: We've only got 45 minutes. Well, I mean, yeah, they seem to be hitting the ground running, and they're just going, right? I, I don't think, I think for Clone Wars fans, this episode hits a lot harder than it will I for general Wars, audiences. Though. No, no, no. I'm just saying for general audiences, like we're yeah. probably higher on it than I think the general. Yeah, because audience. Mandalore means so much to us. But the thing that I really like about it is they t- the, the the prophecy of the mythosaur. You know, the, the uh, songs of eons past prophesize that the rise of the mythosaur will herald a new age of Mandalore. Well, that has happened. Like the, the there was another one that talked about the. Um, the dark Darksaber, uh, if the Saber is not won in combat and or falls into the hands of the quote-unquote undeserving, the Darksaber will become a curse under the nation and Mandalore will be laid to waste and its people will be scattered to the four winds. So in that episode of Book of Boba Fett of the Return of the Mandalorian, we get a past prophecy and we get a future prophecy. and Now both of those have passed. And at least in the fact that the mythos the mythosaur is alive and is going to rise again, uh, the rise of mythosaur. So I find that to be super awesome. And my question to you is: We knowing that a Mandalorian has tamed a great mythosaur before, who's going to ride the mythosaur? Bocatan, Mando, or Grogu? Oh man! Great content right there.
0: I know, I know, I know. Uh like for the memes, I love if it Grogu did. I think Din kind of has to, because ultimately it is the Mandalorian. Um, and I think that his character, I th- no, uh, you, 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 fur your, you fur your brow at me. I think his character needs that. I don't know if I can go. I think his character needs some big character moment some big thing like that to move him a little bit forward. I, f- I feel like we've gotten a lot of that from grogu so far but even in the three seasons we haven't gotten a ton of that from Mando he's opened himself up to quote unquote fatherhood uh, but like I, I I think that they need to give him a, a moment like that and I think they will. I think that he's the the odds on favorite but goddamn, if we had little baby Grogu at the top of this thing
1: the gifts would be they'd be amazing yeah they would and you know the reason I furrowed my brow is you know that we've been talking like what if grogu's the Mandalorian what if he's the you know what if this is just another I show or he, I, I don't
0: think he is no I don't know if we can do, I don't know if they can do that I think
1: that he is going to become a full-on Jedi Jedi interesting um I I lean towards Mando as well he's the reluctant the best leaders are the ones who don't want it. Mm-hmm. right and you know Bo-Katan wanted it and now she doesn't she doesn't fucking care well now maybe she does want it now if I say now one more time stab me alright now that Mando has bathed in the living waters Klein what do now what does this show do I, let's see I have, I
0: have no idea where this show is going to go because I thought this was going to be a huge if we you would ask me three weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, living waters moment is going to be him and Bo-Katan are going to have it out on Mandalore. It's going to be crazy. The whole season is basically going to be set there. There's going to be this conflict, this war, and it will end with a, it'll be a big moment of him finally getting into the water. And finally, like that will be the thing. And we have it now on an episode two. And I, so my perception of where this series is going, I have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised if Bo-Katan, if a turn happens, if she is kind of the quote-unquote antagonist of the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. But I'm also starting to think that maybe all that was a huge bait and switch. Maybe that yeah. she is not at all the villain of this. And I don't know if I like that. I think I was really looking forward to seeing her turn and seeing her really go like, no, like the way you were doing it is wrong and I'm going to be the antagonist because of that. Okay. So I have no idea where this goes next. I've got no clue. Do we stay on Mandalore? We know we go to Coruscant at some point. Is this all the Mandalore we get?
1: That's a great question.
0: I am currently rewatching the trailer. and There's a couple shots we haven't seen with like a bunch
1: of Mandalorians flying, but a lot of it is out there now. Yeah, no, there's a bunch of this trailer out, and I'm seeing stuff. So the, the important things that I've noticed is Coruscant in Jedi. Those are two things we've not touched on. Yeah, we haven't seen Flashback yet. Um, And then there's the Empire on, I believe it's Kelvala, and it looks as if how it's cut is Mando flying Bo-Katan's ship from the Empire, is what it looks like is happening. Um, Next week, I think we either have the start of a battle, you know, like perhaps uh, Bo-Katan mentions the... uh, songs of eons past the rise of the mythosaur is a new hair like a herald of a new age of mandalore maybe she's heard that too and now she's a believer um and maybe she seeks to fight we still have mando going back to that beach planet and hanging out with mandos and walking out and like being with them and it looks as if he's the leader in some of these shots uh so it- it's very intriguing but the thing that i noticed that caught me off guard and looks like, ah, okay. Navarro, pirates versus Mandos. It looks like Din Djarin is gonna recruit all of his Mandalorians and be like, guess what? We're going to Navarro. Why would we go back to there? Because it's been cleaned up by Grief Karga and we are gonna go protect it from pirates because this is the way. Oh, you don't don't like my thoughts? I have a dark saber.
0: <laughs> you saying that doesn't get me super amped. I thought coming into this, it was going to be, I don't know, like a big sprawling conflict. And we, and to me, that pirate thing, that feels like an episode like we would get in season one. And I don't like that. I want to know where we're going. I don't know if we can have another episode where... I don't at least have an idea of where the momentum is going towards in this season. Cause this felt very much like another table setting episode. Like we got last week.
1: It did. It did. And I actually do think next week. So I'm starting to recognize a pattern with this season. I'm not feeling the same energy I did in season two, but I am season one. The ending of episode one, I think is very different in terms of how it lands, but it's very set up. This is stuff you need to know. This is important. This is this. It's as simple as this. And then in season three, it's like, it's as simple as this. Like, we're going to keep it simple. There's a lot more going on. We have more moving parts. You need to know who these characters are. You need to be reintroduced to them, et cetera. Episode two is the big reveal, like the true big reveal. Oh, this baby Yoda is force sensitive. It has the force. Oh, my fucking God. Let's go. In this one, it's, oh my fucking god, the Mythosaur is still alive. But do you think that that's a big
0: enough season long reveal that we can, I don't know, that they can ride for the next however many weeks? Whereas Baby Yoda being Force sensitive, it's like, okay, now we have to get him back to his kind. Like, that's, we need to get him in the hands of a Jedi. We need to explore this. The Mythosaur being there, it's Oh my God, a mythosaur's there, but I don't know what that. I don't know what sort of repercussions that sends through the galaxy. You
1: took such a huge leap, because you forget that episode three of season one was Dinjar and handing over Grogu to the Empire. His mission was not to take the kid back to Jedi. It was I got to deliver this asset because. That was him just well, getting not, up that I'm not planet. saying
0: that for cool. Din. I'm not saying for Din no, 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 it no. was to get it for the Jedi. It's us as an audience, like we see the Force sensitivity and we go, "Oh, like he needs
1: to get back to his kind." Yeah, well, it, based on what they show you in the beginning of the episode, the little tag and like, by the way, don't forget this one line from Book of Boba Fett, kids that you didn't watch, and it's like, "Oh, so the Mythosaur is alive. The rise of the Mythosaur." So, like, something is going to be even bigger for Mandalore going forward. I think we do get a war. I think we get a battle. It it might just be a single day. It might be a single fucking day. Uh, I also think I noticed a flashback of Death Watch in um in what I was watching. And I get a feeling that next week is Bo-Katan and Din Djarin really coming together and discussing and, like, opening up to each other. I think, honestly... Bo might have been a part of the Death Watch crew that saved Din Djarin. Her age, that whole timeline f- is weird. I know. It, I, don't, I don't get it either. <laughs> I don't really
0: like but... it, but it's, I really like Katie Sackoff, so I can like look past it. <laughs> I'm just trying to do a math in my head. Like yeah. this woman's got to be like 65 years old.
1: Yeah, I don't,
3: uh, well, like, she's
1: older than Luke and Leia. Yeah, very like, much so. Much older. Yeah. Much older. Yeah. She's probably 20 years older, and they're about 20. So she right now? is
0: right now probably around the same age as what Luke and Leia are in Force Awakens. No, man. That is bad math.
1: It'd be close. It'd be very close. It wouldn't be that close. You're talking a you said, span of 50 years between Rise no. of Skywalker. You said Rise of Skywalker? No, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Between, That's a which span return- of... Yeah, 19 years to a new hope. Yeah. Then you have three years to Return to the, of the Jedi, Jedi and then yeah. you have another 30. That's a 50-year jump. I'm saying that she's... I've said it before. She's 47. Right now. Right now. Because she's There's older no- than... She's like 10 years older than Anakin Skywalker and he's barely 40 years old when he dies. So she's just under 50 is what I'm saying. And they so that makes are her. like 51, 50, 53, I think, in the beginning of Force Awakens. I'm saying they are officially like she's officially younger. And the crazy part is, Klein, is there's supposed to be, be much. There's supposed to be 50, but those actors were not 50 years old when they were filming that. Yeah. So oh, like yeah. there's that. Yeah. They look a lot older.
3: It's because they know. are a lot older. But-
1: yeah. They're in their 70s. Um, But yeah, I I think we're going to have like a a melding of minds with Bo-Katan and Din Djarin. And and I also think that I think next week we'll be like, oh, okay. in the same way that the end of season episode three, like right now, right now, it is a episode to episode to episode story. You've got to watch these three together. And then after that, I think is when we get our week to week shit. Like, that's my expectation because when Mando season a week to week shit. I, listen, like, listen. I'm saying that's my <laughs> expectation. I'm not saying I want it. I'm saying that is my expectation because of what they've done. See, so right far. now
0: I'm thinking, oh, we're getting the week to week shit out now, and then we can send them on the adventure for the next five
1: episodes or whatever. You are, you do. I, I hope, buddy. I hope this is not feeling week to week. This is, in the sense of like one week is one story, one week's another story, and all these side quests. I, I, I'm saying this feels episodic and I feel eventually it'll get to serial slash episodic. I don't want it. I... I don't want I don't want that. I want episodic. I want like, oh, now we have to go here. And at the end of the episode, we got to go like, oh, we got to go to this planet. We go to that planet and it's like all building to a thing. Um, I just don't know what that thing is. Eventually we fight Moff Gideon. Eventually we go to Coruscant. Eventually we get back to Navarro. I think the Navarro is going to be a bottle episode and it's just like Mando, the pirates have come. We need your help. All uh, right, kids, we're going. I'm, based on the trailers I've seen, I'm questioning whether Din Djarin now leads the uh, the Watch, the Children of the Watch now because he's got the, he's bathed in the waters of Mandalore. He's saved them before. Now he's got the dark saber. I lead you. You you follow me. All right. Well, then this is what we do. We go here, we save them. We go here, we save them. Son of a bitch. It's going to be mercenaries for good. I think that's where we go. I think that's where that's my official prediction for the season. It's mercenaries for good. Eventually going to war with somebody later on in the season. I really don't know where this show is going. And I'm going to be honest. I have no idea.
0: I I feel like I had a good idea coming in to season one, or not season one, to episode one, and after two episodes now, it's
1: like, whoa. Like, yeah. I'm so confused. Yeah. I'm in the same uh, same boat. I'm I'm not so much confused. I'm just like, all right, I'm here. Let's fucking do it. Uh, What did you think of The Mandalorian uh, chapter 18? I don't even know what season or number we're on anymore. Uh, The minds of Mandalore tweet at us on Twitter, at Reckless Rebels R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S-R-E-B-E-L-S. And head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to leave us a review while you're at it. Ask us a question, leave some comments, offer recommendations. We love interacting and hearing from you, our Rebels. Klein, where can everyone find you on social media?
0: You can find me over at the Kleinfeld Twitter, Instagram, that's T-H-E-K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T. Also, I host a video game podcast every week called Controller Club. It's very much like this, but we talk about video games right now. We are reviewing The Last of Us. We have one more week of this beautiful TV show, uh, the finale, coming up this week. So next week, we will be posting our finale review and our general thoughts of the series overall. It's been a lot of fun so far, like doing this week to week. For something video game related, which I've obviously here, we do it for Star Wars, but like we haven't been, I've never been able to do that with a video game property where it's just like every week we've got a TV episode coming out and it's fucking awesome. And yeah, so Controller Club, wherever you're listening to this now, give us a look, subscribe, review, all that fun stuff.
3: Are
1: y'all gonna talk about the new Mario trailer on the on the next episode? Ah, oh. uh, maybe not
0: this week. Just because we've been keeping like we've been avoiding the news while we've been ah. doing Last of Us. It's not like the show where we'll do two hours. It's like okay, we will. This is our Last of Us review, and this is it. We're gonna do a big news wrap up of everything that has come in the last nine weeks since we've been doing Last of Us. Oh my uh, God. Once we're done, episode fifty will be. I guess after the last of us ends, I can't wait. We're going to be doing a Mario review for
1: that movie and it's going to be awesome. Like I cannot Hell, wait yeah. for that movie. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I think my uh, nephew will no longer be in town by that point. So I might just be going by myself, but I'm going by myself on a Tuesday <laughs> night when it comes out, like I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. You can find me on Twitter at T C Rochester at T C R O C H E S T E R A C T and uh, over on Instagram too, man. Like whatever it is, what it is. Uh uh Klein, recommendations for the audience, sir. Ooh, recommendations, recommendations. Watching Better Call
0: Saul, continuing through that. It is fantastic. Last of Us, like. God damn, this last episode was amazing. If Mm. you haven't started watching it yet, you don't need to know about the game. Go in blind, sit down, enjoy what I think is one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. And I'm not just saying that because I absolutely love the games. And then the last thing that I want to kind of throw out there is next week. We talk about sports here sometimes. Next week starts my favorite week in the sporting world every year march madness baby it is coming sunday selection sunday next week the tournament
1: starts and i can't wait to go watch some college basketball enjoy it's great i'm excited for you for that my guy uh it is time it's time it's the time of year where i'm like oh let me check some sports i used to follow it real hard but it is what it is i just love
0: making the bracket and just like getting so (laughs) mad after day one when everything's (laughs) completely screwed and Uh, and this year's Going to be a fun year if you want to get into it if you never have because there's no favorite the number one ranked team coming into the season might not even make the tournament oh my god seriously unc yeah who is in the who is in the finals last year brought almost their entire team back and they may not make the tournament
1: holy shit, that's insane
0: dude yeah so there's like you can if you're if you're in a betting and that sort of thing like you could make some money because
1: the odds are so flat right now. Wow. Okay. I want to keep that in my brain. Uh, I'm going to recommend, I I mentioned it earlier from a certain point of view, return of the Jedi. Uh, it's been announced. I don't know when it's coming out. I'm going to recommend those books, uh, for a new hope and empire strikes back. They're really fun to listen to one, like every, uh, Every now and then, you just want to go look at what the chapters are titled and just listen to a single chapter. By all means, go do that. Read a chapter. Every chapter is a new story, a new point of view of the events going on from characters. During Andor, I went back to A New Hope and listened to Mon Mothma's uh, chapter from A New Hope because I was trying to remember if she mentioned Perrin at all. It, she did not. So that's important. Uh, but I just started Jedi survivor battle scars the and, book calcestis baby yeah, and it is it's good it is really good and i really at first i was like i don't know about i'm not a fan of the narration it just i feel like it oh because you're listening to audiobook yeah it's an audiobook i like deeper narrations but he's got a higher pitch and like it it plays is and then,
0: cameron monahan doing the audiobook is he
1: reading it oh okay. he is not no he is not um but it's it's really good. Uh, the voice acting in it, though, it sounds like Cameron Monaghan when he's playing Cal. Um, it sounds like Grease. It sounds like uh, Greasy Baby. Sear? Oh my God. Sears? Sear, name? yep. Yeah. yeah. She, the way, like, you can hear that, like, it's not so much the tones, it's how he enunciates certain vowels. That's really awesome to get Sear. But, dude, Marin sounds just like Marin. And it is so creepy. Uh, like, how good it is, in my opinion. Really fun so far, only three chapters in. It is what it is. I'm also going to recommend some music. College Park by Logic dropped a couple weeks ago, and it has been... Oh, I listened to that at the gym the other day. Dude, it is so good. I can't wait to sit down and watch the anime on YouTube. Uh, But that brings us to Sentience and Droids. We've reached the end of the episode. Remember, the force is your ally and a powerful ally. It is, we have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. It's a long show, but it is always that this was podcasting. Yippee!